they've made it sound like, you know, GDPR is about cookies. That is the privacy problem we're trying to overcome. GDPR, that whole, what, 80-page um, document mentions cookies once. And even then, as an example, it's not about cookies. It's about the data. So, um, but when Google and Apple and everyone else talk about it, they talk about it in terms of cookies, because that's a problem we can solve. We can block cookies. But the personal data thing, we're not really willing to give up on yet. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. What's going on with you? What's new? Welcome back to the show. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little while since I've been yes. on the podcast. Um, what's new with me? I don't know. Not not a ton. My kids are getting older. Um, <laughs> um, still loving our, I, I still call it our new house, but. Um, two years now? Yeah, two almost two years, yeah. That, that, that not, flew by. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, my husband's uh, finishing the basement and finished all the framing, which is very exciting. Nice. Can actually like see and envision it all now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? What's new yeah. and exciting? You know, same old, same old. You know, uh, it's been a hectic start to to the year, but kind of feeling, you know, trying to get back into the flow of things. Yeah, and, yeah. And and whatnot. So just trying to trying to do that and. Um, you know, trying to, you know, get ready for, for spring and summer. You know, we got the, the baby's third birthday in two weeks. Yay. Yeah. He's, he's turning, turning three. Uh, I know it, it's nuts how fast it's, it, it's already flying by. Um, and you know, I, I, you know, we're, we're going to be a family of three, so I'm trying to take all of it in, Right. you know, and, and you know, I get it. It's special each time, you know, when you have multiple kids do it, but like kind of that feeling of like, we get to do it once and that's it. Right. Now, see, I, I, I don't know that I appreciated it for either of my kids, uh, not because I have multiple, but more be, just I was always so eager for them to get to the next stage and be older. I like older kids. They are more fun in my mind. So there are a lot of milestones and stuff that I'm just like, well, that's cool. But yeah, what's the next one? <laughs> um, yeah. And that's, and I already already kind of artificially inflate their age in my mind. Like my kids are already in my mind, ninth graders and sixth graders, even though they still have two months left of this school year as fifth mm-hmm. and, and eighth graders. Um, but older kids are fun. Um, three-year-olds though, that's, that's tough. In between two and a half and three and a half. Um, that's the terrible twos in my mind. You know, the beginning of two years old isn't too bad, but. You're yeah. smack dab in the uh, the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, so far, and I get it. I'm biased. He's been he's been a fairly easy baby. He seems like it. Yeah. He he's easygoing. He's he's slept through the night since he was maybe. God, I can't remember exactly, but it felt like it was pretty early on. Yeah, yeah. 
Like he's, you know, he was always a good sleeper. And that that's one of the ways we know something's wrong is when he doesn't sleep. Yeah. It, it, it's, an, you know, it, it's a very clear flag. Um, I mean, but he's definitely has his moments like, hmm. you know, like I, you know, like I have a temper, so I <laughs> have to make sure I leave the room because I don't right. want him to see it because I've noticed like when he throws a temper tantrum, like he starts chucking things. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know where he picked that up. He may have seen me do it once or twice, mm-hmm. um, but I don't want him throwing stuff, so I can't. Be sure, stuff. sure. Because I've been known to throw things like my phone. Ah, yeah. No, we've we've busted a few phones in our household that way. <laughs> oh, I understand. And yeah, kids, kids will see you be human and stuff, so long as they also see you apologizing and/or making up for whatever you did. But yeah. And that's that's gotten harder for me as my kids get older, that they see more and more of my real raw moments. And, you know, we're now just two humans going through something rather than me trying to be the uh, follow my example and all of that, which is on one hand very nice. You know, I can be more my real self, but really surreal, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. My, my dad was famous for saying, do as I say, not as I do. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. My my dad was quite the hippie growing up. And, and by hippie, I just mean pot smoker. That's that's really, I don't mm. know that he was into the rest of the cultural stuff of hippiedom, but um, uh, did a lot of drugs. And he would tell us stories about it. And my mom would just, Larry, don't tell the kids that. Um, and we're like, oh no, we're, we're good. He can tell us about how this is where he had his first LSD trip because that does not incentivize us in any way, shape or form. Like tell us the stories of the mistakes you made by all means. Um, yeah. Fun stories though. So nice. But yeah, but yeah, but parenthood, parenthood is fun. And yeah, the last mm-hmm. three years have just, just blown. blown oh, yeah. Out. I can't believe. Well, it's fun because I, um, I remember it, it also shows how long I've known you because if he's mm-hmm. three, then I've known you for almost four years um, because, well, no, I've been at 33, six, four years. So yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. Because you and I were in London when mm-hmm. I found out that. Yeah. See, that's where I was going, expecting. but I didn't know if I was safe to say that, but yeah, that's I was like, there when you were, were waiting for the news and I was rooting for, for uh, it all working out. So. Yeah. And my phone died while we were out with Adam. So I get back and she's like, why would you answer? I'm like, my phone's been dead for the last two hours. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember being so, so excited for you. Yeah. It's, it, it's been, it's been good. Um, crazy to but think yeah. i've been at 33 six that long i know but yeah just uh let's see the 20th no the 18th last week was my first last week month. okay yeah because it was summit was my first week so oh that's right that's right crazy yeah but uh but actually you just gave me my, my transition my my oh, there we go so i realized it's been a while since you know we've talked about this on the podcast you know like with with the podcast topics we try to cover a whole bunch of stuff everything from the theoretical and you know ways of running a company or managing a team or managing a client down to to more of the specific stuff like i want to talk about today um so while watching summit 
uh, virtually again this year. I realized it's been a while since we delved into the world of, you know, analytics implementation, or even if you just want to look at like data data collection implementation, right. you want to loop, uh, group in marketing data technology as well in into that. So I want to record a few episodes diving into into it and looking at it from a couple different perspectives. So I thought we'd start maybe at the, the higher level view today and then start to kind of tease some of the areas we want to get into. Um, but like you know, I was thinking about it last week is, is you know, what is the current state of, of implementation? You know, whether it's again, web analytics, marketing technology, what are some of the things that we've seen? And, um, you know, what are some of the positive developments maybe we've seen in this area since the last time we've chatted about it? And also, what are some of the, the issues that we see cropping mm -hmm. up? Yeah, I feel like uh, lots of things are changing and, and particularly as things move more into not just server side, but kind of more big data model type of things. Um, like we see with Adobe of the web SDK is that whole implementation. Yes, it does flow into Adobe analytics, but it is built and designed for feeding into, you know, experience platform or customer journey analytics. Um, and we see that now with GA4 that it's, it's much more of a, you know, yeah, it, it goes into the GA4 interface, but kind of with the expectation, most folks are probably going to take it out to BigQuery um, and, and do stuff there. So uh, that is making implementation kind of more anticipating yeah, and, and dealing with the data science side of things almost. It's no longer just, okay, we need an s.evar50. Um, for this thing that we're tracking. It's it's starting to be kind of bigger picture than that and how, how that thing that you want fits into a bigger scheme of things rather than just it's 50 out of my 250 EVARs. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, makes total sense. But at the same time, I feel like <laughs> that's where the industry is trying to go. That's not where most folks are in their maturity and evolution and... Um, I, I think a lot of it is still the same old, we just want page tracking, <laughs> you know, uh, give us, give us the basics and, and let us crawl before we walk, before we run. Um, and a lot of folks are still struggling with, with that much. And I think a lot of the time that's um, more of a vision and, and processes and leadership issue at a company than an actual technical problem. But it certainly affects the implementation side of things when you're not communicating with the right groups at an org and you don't have uh, investment from from the right teams. Um, I feel like that's like 90% of problems <laughs> these days are uh, would be solved of implementation problems would be solved if um, orgs were better designed for uh, digital analytics, getting value out of their analytics. Yeah. You know? Where do you see some of the roadblocks then? Like, um, like, like, do you have a few examples? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, well, like I was saying, um, the the industry is seemingly pushing folks more and more towards um, the web SDK, CJA, GA4, all of that. Um, but a lot of companies aren't anywhere near that 
step in their evolution, partially because of uh, kind of data, data, <laughs> data <laughs> silos um, that, you know, if Adobe is trying to, to market this new grand world with AEP, but they're marketing it to the analytics team, well, the analytics team might be completely sold on the idea, but they're not the ones who make that decision. And as far as the rest of their org is concerned, they're just marketing data and not even really bit part of the big data discussion. Um, you know, I've had companies, uh, clients that literally touted that they were data driven and they probably were on the, in their product interface, like products and, and CRM and all of that, but then they hadn't even implemented analytics and yet they call themselves data driven. And, and it's just not even considered part of the big data picture for a lot of orgs. It's just, eh, that's, you know, marketing pixels. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I think that's, yeah, that's indicative of the roadblocks that folks have, that the next step for analytics is to become part of the data conversations at their company. And right now they're left out of that space a lot. Um, and they're also left out of conversations about, say, product enhancements on the site of you know, they find out at the last minute that there's a new feature that needs tagging. Like it, it needs to be better incorporated. Analytics needs to be better incorporated um, into a, a whole org rather than just kind of seen as its own little marketing thing. Yeah. When, when you say part of the, the, the bigger data conversations, you know, how would you envision that as compared to what you're seeing today at, at, at many organizations? So uh, let's see here. Uh, for an example, I have a client that um, is uh, trying to do more and more with their Salesforce data and um, use that in grander ways and apply data science to it. And they have all these initiatives around their, the, the data that they have about their customers and um, the data that their salespeople know and um, stuff like that, but analytics hasn't ever really been a part of that. So they're moving forward with this big, um, let's integrate as much as we can, let's get you know, our Salesforce and Pardot and, and AdWords and like all of these things combined. And then and nobody ever thinks to include the analytics and or if it is included, it's not included because it's going to be used, like that data is going to be used uh, within the analytics tool. It's often just kind of an afterthought or a, we need it as a key for other integrations or something like that. So um, I'm sorry, I feel like I keep on like going on a tangent huh? um, from the questions that you ask. Um, but yeah, I feel like that type of thing's happening a lot where there, there's, I've seen this now a few times where there's a, a new data initiative at an org and analytics isn't a part of it. <laughs> or if it is a part of it, it's kind of an afterthought, it's squished in, it's not really seen as a key. Um, that, uh, and a lot of times they, they skip. So this, this company that's doing the Pardot and Salesforce data um, integration thing, um, they skip from the Okay, we, we care a lot about Google AdWords and uh, the campaigns that are pushing people to the site. How do we integrate that with our CRM? 
and they skip the whole what happened on the site in between them landing from the campaign and then becoming a lead and getting into our CRM. Like that, that part still just doesn't seem to be important. Um, and I'm using this one org as an example. And maybe I'm, I just have too small of a sample size of orgs, but I feel like that's been a problem in a lot of different companies um, that I've worked with in the last few years where uh, analytics and, and the online user experience just doesn't really have a home within an org of, is it just a marketer's thing? Is it a product thing? Um, is it its own thing that you know we have analytics because that's something that orgs do when we needed to check that box? Um, yeah, I, I think finding it its home and getting it a part of the right conversations is is a big road, roadblock for a lot of analytics teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's something Jason and I often come come back to when we talk about. And we've used the analogy of like. Um, you know, the holidays at home and you've got the adult table and then you got the kids table mm -hmm. and in analytics, it's been an uphill battle and it's still an uphill battle of getting analytics to, to that adult table. Mm -hmm. And some organizations, you know, we've seen it where it finally does, you know, there is this breakthrough, but yeah, it is, it's, it, it's always seen as something extra and that's the way it's always been throughout my career. It's always seen as, as extra. And yeah. Part of me can can argue the conversation. Like if you're building an e-commerce store and the store can't process payments, then yes, you know, as, as you're sure. building it, they analyze the problem. But after a while, like that, that, that it needs to become a priority in being able to 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 measure the the, the behavior. So yeah, it, it's it's always been been this thing where it's seen as secondary and extra and even sometimes a burden yes. uh, a, a burden on the site instead of the the value well and i still suspect that a lot of analytics teams out there are a cost center rather than a profit center um mm -hmm. and and that really bumps me out <laughs> um but i i see that as a really big problem that um folks have analytics because it's something they're supposed to have but they're not necessarily getting a return on their investment and not because of a lack in, of you know, tool capability, but merely because they aren't incorporating it into business decisions outside of just analytics. Sorry, my, my puppy's sitting at my feet and no she's a big fat scaredy cat that is always on edge and somebody walks by and she, she woofs. And I don't know if, <laughs> if my, mm -hmm. um, if my mic ever picks it up that you hear. No, I haven't been hearing it. Sorry. No, Jason's dog. You know, <laughs> she'll she'll come running into the office midstream and start yelling because we always seem to be recording when the uh, the Amazon delivery person yeah. comes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I thought of something else too, um, as far as this goes. Um, and it goes back to something you said early on with mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, at least the, the, the vendors, you know, we could think of Adobe with CJA, Google with GA4, and it kind of pushing the, the users, pushing the industry in, in a direction that many aren't necessarily related, you know, ready for. Mm -hmm. So do you remember the Sega Dreamcast? Yeah. So like, I, I never had one, a buddy of mine had one. 
but the one thing I always remember about it was it was way ahead of its time. Yeah. It was yeah. it it was built for online multiplayer games and and whatnot, and it just it it hit a few years too early, you know, before people were ready, and it ultimately killed Sega as a hardware developer, and and whatnot. And I mean, this is you know a pretty crazy question, but do you, do you think like you know I I thought of that example when you were talking about the vendors pushing the space in a direction maybe that it's not ready for yet um you know and we may not see something the level of Se the sega dreamcast but that's officially what came into my mind do you think we could be going down say that, that kind of path where the the effort to push push forward ends up alienating people or just it burns out too soon <laughs> so yes. it never really comes it's to too it's too ahead of it yeah time. yeah too, too ahead of um, its time well, I, I think there are a lot of Google Universal Analytics users out there who would have something to say about that, that this week. Um, the number of conversations I've seen on Twitter of folks saying, what, what tool are we moving to? Because we're not sticking with Google. Um, it's remarkable to me. And unfortunately, a lot of them that are saying that, the reason that they would move tools is because they know that they're not really mature enough, they wouldn't get value out of GA4, even if they love the, the model and the concept behind GA4 and the events and the way it handles sessions differently and all of that. That makes sense. That is the way of the future. But um, we're not evolved enough to make use of that kind of data set. So let's look at other tools. Well, GA was, was the basic entry level easiest place to get started. And now, now where do you go if that uh, requires more maturity than um, than your org has. Do you go to Adobe Analytics because Adobe's like historically that's been the it's better if you you have a bit more maturity and a bit more resources and it's a it's a powerful flexible tool um, that's a little bit more resource intensive. Um, well, GA4 is now too. So where do you go? What do you do? So it, it, the users aren't too mature or the product isn't mature enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, fair. Um, no, I I'm, was speaking specifically about users and well, okay. or users orgs, I should say that, like I said, if, if GA4 is super valuable, particularly when you take it out of its half-baked recording interface and stick it into BigQuery and, and do stuff with it there, well, then an org has to be at a place that they know how to get value out of data in BigQuery rather than just the GA interface. Um, yeah. So specifically, are users ready to move to that model um, when they were struggling to just be the marketing team, uh, marketing data team that their org seems to have relegated them to? Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah. So it, it, now this is where I'm going to sh share, uh, show my ignorance. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm familiar with you know what, what's been the standard ga the you know the universal analytics version i haven't seen ga4 so i mean i only know of it you know from you know like the differences from a conceptual level sure, but not yeah. like the actual like hardcore usage level um 
uh, and God, I just, as I'm talking, I just lost my train of thought. God. Yeah, I keep um, doing that a lot today. Sorry. Um, well, <laughs> and I will say that I would also not consider myself an expert on GA4. Um, I have some experience with it, but um, I am one of the many people that will be scrambling to, to try to become more of an expert on it quickly, you know. Do, do you think, um, so, so you actually just made me re remember my, my, my train of thought here. Um, where I was going with that was, is at least from the conversations I saw online, it, you know, do you think this is an issue where Google's shoving too many features in and it's just somebody wants something just like, they just want to keep it simple. Just keep, you know, give it, you know, give me my simple analytics versus, you know, loading up with maybe features I'm not right. going to use. No, I don't think it's a features thing, um, though it is a keep it simple thing. Um, in, in truth, it's lacking quite a few of the features that, <laughs> that Universal Analytics has, at least at this point. Uh, I think it is just more of a, we're used to a page view being a page view and being able to open the UI and see a page view report or a pages report. Um, whereas Universal Analytics, or sorry, uh, GA4, is more of a, we're going to leave it a little bit wider open for you to define what it is that you want to track. So, you know, page views, but it, everything is an event now. And uh, Adobe is doing something very, very similar with the web SDK that there's no more S.T or S.TL beacon. It is a, you define that this beacon was a page view and therefore increments your page view report one once and there may not even be an out of the box page view report it's you are the architect of all of it um which is again powerful flexible the way of the future um for folks who already have um that kind of mindset then fantastic but <laughs> um it, it's just a, a much higher learning curve and resources much more resource in, intensive um yeah, I, I, that's how I see it, at least. So, I mean, we, we've spent some time talking about, you know, some of the recent developments we see is like, you know, we're on the not so positive side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, like, you know, like people like you know, this feeling of like people being forced down a specific path. Um, over, say, the last two years, what do you see maybe like in the, the data architecture and you know, implementation world, what have you seen that uh, can we kind of fall under the, the positive side of things? Like, Hey, this is, mm. this isn't, this is a, a stark improvement over past years. Um, hmm. Workspace keeps getting better and better. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I will say that, that, um, the, the tools are providing a lot more powerful and, and I don't want to portray what I was talking about of, of GA and Adobe kind of pushing orgs. Um, more and more towards being advanced. Um, I don't want to portray that as a wholly negative thing because it's not. For, for orgs that are ready for it, I actually think it is fantastic. Um, CJA is fantastic. Um, and, and I'm sure that if I knew GA4 better um, and I had an org that, that was ready to you know, really dive into it and um, get a little bit more data science-y perhaps or whatever, I'm sure it would be fantastic too. Um, so yeah, it, it's not entirely negative. I just see it as making the barrier to entry for analytics much, much higher. And and to me, that's, that's the negative aspect of it. But um, 
I do think moving more to this event-based model of it's not just a page loading, it's you define what it was that happened. Um, I, I do think that's that makes a lot of sense. We live in a world of single page apps and or mobile apps or whatever, and you know, page views aren't really the thing anymore anyways, and we need to start thinking differently. It's just, um, it's a transition, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's felt like, at least for me, when, when it comes to, to data architecture, I mean, there's always something new to learn, a new tool, but, you know, better ways to, to do things, ways to, to hone the craft of architecting data collection and whatnot using various tools. But I kind of feel like we're, we're reaching this cusp where things that like, things are about to be upended. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, again, while there's ways like, you know, we've been able to hone the craft say over the last five, six years, things have been fairly the same. You know, an implementation yeah. has been an a lot of the just... things I learned at Omniture my first three days of training in 2006 are still true, at least for now. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's uh, things are getting upended for sure. Um, and we're all going to have to adapt pretty quickly, I think. So for those that 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 work in this space, uh, what are some of the ways that people can can prepare for this, you know, whether it's on an individual level, on an organizational level, um, you know, I know Google has really laid the gauntlet down with, um, you know, needing to, you know, if you're still on Universal Analytics, get off by July of next year. You know, Adobe's got you know things on the horizon, but they haven't announced anything yet. So, you know, maybe the urgency isn't there. But like for for folks that like they see this coming. What are some of the ways you can prepare for it? Um, well, I think some of it does come back to what I was talking about earlier, where you know, there are roadblocks and, and problems within orgs where the analytics team needs to be a part of the right conversations and needs to be viewed as a true data team rather than MarTech pixels and page view data, you know? Um, so as far as preparing an org goes, I think that that, that would be a really big step is um, getting analytics to be viewed more as big data, <laughs> as part of the big data picture. And mm -hmm. um, so far, as far as individuals go, well, it's kind of the same thing that we, we need to start understanding more and more of, of from a data scientist perspective of um, you know, if I am going to be using a more powerful querying tool um, and uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's something that a lot of us need to learn still because um, it just hasn't been necessary up until now. And while yes, uh, Adobe is not forcing people into it, but a lot of the new coolness and like at Summit, so much of what they show, I'm like, oh, that would be cool. I would love that. Oh, that's customer journey analytics only. All right. So you're not being forced to upgrade. You can keep your Adobe analytics for as long as you want. But um, the if you want to take advantage of aspects of the web SDK and you want to take advantage of all of the new things that Adobe is, is throwing into CJA, then you kind of you are going to have to upgrade and, and start thinking in terms of, of uh, bigger data. 
because let, let's say the analytics team gets its way and they convince their company to, to up for uh, customer journey analytics. And they are now no longer just the MarTech data team. They are the MarTech data team, but now it can be part of all of the other data because CGA, you, you throw all of the data you want in there from any source that you want in there. Um, and then other teams say, oh, wait, no, but we've been doing that in BigQuery for a while. <laughs> or mm -hmm. something like if we just never thought of including the, the analytics data. Um, so yeah, trying to marry those two ideas together of it's not just your online user journey anymore. It is part of a bigger data picture of what data you have on that user. And therefore we need to be able to work with that bigger data set. And um, that requires knowing more than just as props and e-bars. And I think that that event-based model, um, we see that certainly with uh, the Web SDK and with GA4. We also see it with data layers now that it's it's no longer a have your data layer ready by page load. It's fire the page load event into your data layer and then anything else that happened around that time period and have them all combine into a data layer. Um, yeah, so I, I think everyone has to start thinking more in terms of user events. And that also makes it easier to kind of extrapolate into other contexts when we're no longer just thinking about page views, we're thinking about all the data we have on a user. Um, and therefore, you know, you get more value out of a tool like CJA or GA4. Mm -hmm. I think like there, there's so many more things I want to talk about, but I don't want to get into too much. Right. Yeah. Because yep, I, yep. I want us, I really want us to, to dig into like, you know, what, what, what are the key things for, a solid architecture. What, mm -hmm. are, what are the key things to, to know? Um, and yeah, so like this was really meant to just kind of kick us off and talk sure. about like, what, what are we seeing? What are some of the, the big things that were coming? So to kind of summarize it, the big thing is, is we have major architectural changes coming, you know, in the form of, you know, complete brand new versions of a lot of these tools. Mm -hmm. So I do, if I look at, at Adobe, for example, I mean, that's been my weapon of choice for 12 years now. Um, it's still Omniture. Underneath. Sure. You know, it's still Omniture underneath. And what I'm seeing with CJA is it's a completely new thing. It's not just taking that Omniture underpinning and putting right. some new features on it and a new skin. So fortunately, at least with CJA, it, it is the underlying data is is different and bigger and not what we're used to but at least the reporting interface is something i'm used to like workspace it, it's basically workspace just cooler uh, you know with, with a bit more capabilities because it has that kind of big data underpinning um whereas ga4 is just entirely different from ga3 so and and i don't want to be implying that ga4 is to universal analytics as cja is to adobe analytics um it's definitely not a one-to-one -one kind of comparison there. Um, but there there are definitely similarities as well. So so maybe outside of just analytics, what else what else are you seeing like with, with just MarTech in general? Because I mean, one of the things, you know, I, I could kick off this piece. Like one of the things I've been noticing, and it's been a trend for the last several, several years. So it's not completely new. It's just been the utter consolidation in the market because, you know, 10 years ago, you could have a MarTech stack that was 
you know, you had your Adobe Analytics, you had your ESP, which was another vendor. Mm-hmm. Maybe you had C- Salesforce as your CRM. You would have Google for, for your display ads, another tool for, for right. managing your paid search through Google and Yahoo and uh, now Bing. Yeah. Um, but now it's, it's, it's like, you know, people are buying entire ecosystems, just one, like you're buying into the Google stack, you're buying into the right. Adobe stack, you're buying into the Salesforce stack. To me, Salesforce is part of the Google stack, even if it's mm-hmm. not. Um, and and I have a client that's currently moving from Adobe to Google because they are Salesforce-y and Salesforce integrates with the whole Google stack better. Um, whether or not that's true or <laughs> that's uh, just the thing that people believe, um, we'll see. But you're, you're right. And Google's doing a very good job of building its walled garden of, you know, Adobe's great, but it can never get at the Google AdWords data like Google can. You know, it's just inherently part of the the technology. Um, And, you know, if Google owns DoubleClick and all all of those things and integrates better with Salesforce and all of that, 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 that's going to be really, really hard for Adobe to keep competing against, even if it's, you know, trying to, uh, like, CJA can take data from all sorts of sources now. So in theory, those integrations are easier and all of that, but um, they're not as native for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, because that, that's where I wanted to go with this was, is, is do we see more consolidation here or do we see something that is is ripe for, for disruption? Someone to come in and kind of blow up this pattern of consolidation. Um, no, I, I do see more consolidation. And part of that is also, around privacy stuff that um, Google and Apple both are making moves that, again, give them their walled garden of data (laughs) that um, you kind of have to be all in on Google if you want to take advantage of the things that's coming down the line with Chrome. Um, For a while it was Flock, now it's Google Topics um, that you, you, there just really aren't alternatives. Same with Apple that, you know, Apple has data and and visibility into things that now because of um, app tracking transparency and and, uh, other and ITP and all of that, um, that outsiders, non-Apple entities just simply can't compete, you know? So no, I I do see consolidation definitely being a thing. but we also, I mean, Google owns the world and <laughs> they just, whatever they don't own, they're going to own. Um, yeah. Because I think you bring up a point, right, right, even before before getting into privacy that, you know, paid search is such a key for just about any business when it comes to, to marketing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that that's right, right there, you know, having that data with, you know, within your analytics, the way you do, you get it with GA. Yeah, like that, that's a major, major shortcoming when it comes to many of the other tools. Yep. And one that's not even really their fault. Like, you know, what can you do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so other than try to build up your ecosystem in a way that it integrates with other data sources better, like mm-hmm. a store journey analytics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and part of it is, is wishful thinking because I would love someone to come along and find a oh, way yeah. to break that up, but you're right. Pri- you know, the, the privacy laws are, are just, 
give a lot of these yeah. companies the the reason to consolidate or the right. the reason to to build these walled gardens. And if anything, Facebook's doing it, Apple's doing it. Yeah. If anything, the disruptors might be the you know, the new browsers and the settings and all of that that say no more third party cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to completely rethink your model <laughs> in some marketing context if you if you don't have that. So that's definitely a disruption. Whether or not I see that as uh, evolving forward or backwards is another thing, but. That's a, a whole other discussion I could probably talk about for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would love to talk, you know, a bit about privacy and what that is upending, and, you know, <laughs> at the moment. And just the, I, I love your term when it comes to, to privacy, that it's a game of whack-a-mole right now when it comes to data collection. That, yeah. you know, every time you find a way to, I don't want to say way around it, but a way to deal with it. Sure. Yep. Someone so, comes along, a regulatory body, one of these else. companies. They come in and just knock that down. So you got to find something else. Well, and, and it's not even necessarily regulatory bodies. It's it's really, it's Apple and Google mm-hmm. themselves that are whacking the moles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's so funny to me because like, take the, the Google Topics API that they're saying by 2023, we're going to do away with third party cookies. And that makes all the marketers freak out. And so Google appeases them by saying, oh, but don't worry, we'll have this topics API. So instead of third-party cookies telling you that your user is into dogs or whatever you know group that they are in, we're going to have a topics API that tells you which user group is into dogs and you use that. And the whole thing to me that's really funny about that is what, what problem were we trying to solve? If users didn't like creepy, uh, relevant, targeted advertising, and in the, in the user's mind, that is the privacy issue and, and the thing that most folks are talking about when they say boo on third-party cookies, they're just finding a new way to kind of accomplish the same thing because they don't want to ruin the marketing industry, but they want to do something that makes it look like they're respecting privacy more. Um, and, and unfortunately, the something that they're doing that makes it look like they respect privacy more is much more um, proprietary to Google. So it's a win-win for them. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but that, that's really my, my main thing with all of the privacy stuff is what problem are we solving for? Um, because I think a whole lot of it is is doing stuff for the sake of doing stuff, and and frequently it, it actually is a net harm to the the consumer. So all in the name of privacy. Yeah, it, it's a lot of it's fear mongering. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of it's fear mongering, and yeah, I, I do like that. You know, doing stuff just to do stuff. Yeah. So and then but, in many cases, it's doing stuff to benefit Google or Apple. Of course. Um, in the name of privacy. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other topic. Oh, yeah. Company, companies using legislation, you know, that's pitched one way, but it actually does the opposite. Yeah. Well, and again, it's not even necessarily the legislation. It's just the browser policies themselves mm-hmm. and, you know, what Safari and Chrome are doing. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think they kind of leverage like the, the, the scaremongering. Yeah. around privacy and the, yeah. the movement on legislation like GDPR and CCPA yeah. as they feed into each other for sure. They, yeah. They feed into it and it becomes this vicious cycle. Yeah. But it be- it, it's interesting because in doing so 
they've made it sound like, you know, GDPR is about cookies. That is the privacy problem we're trying to overcome. GDPR, that whole, what, 80-page um, document mentions cookies once. And even then, as an example, it's not about cookies. It's about the data. So, um, but when Google and Apple and everyone else talk about it, they talk about it in terms of cookies, because that's a problem we can solve. We can block cookies. But the personal data thing, we're not really willing to give up on yet. Mm -hmm. So let's just make everybody think the problem is solved <laughs> if let's we block cookies. Because um, cookies has just kind of become the placeholder word for pri respecting privacy, blocking cookies. That's what you do. Um, and yeah, you definitely see that shared between the, the policies and the, the regulations and the browsers and, and the big players that they're all going along with that illusion <laughs> that mm -hmm. um, it's, it's about the cookies. Exactly. And that's why I think a lot of it is, a lot of it's theater. Yeah. But yep. then I also think a lot it's of It's like it taking also... your shoes off at the airport. Uh-huh doesn't That's actually the, stop or do anything. It just makes us feel like something's being done. They, yeah. It makes us feel like something's being done and it, it gives justification for certain things. Yep. 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 So sorry that but, that's a major time. We, we went off in. No, 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 it's good. <laughs> far from yeah. the, the implementation stuff, but, but it does affect the, the future of analytics quite a bit. Um, there is a new Adobe thing that I think kind of snuck under the radar for a lot of folks that the user for a while, it was called user-generated ID. I think now it's just called device ID or first-party device ID, um, where Adobe is making it uh, more beneficial to set your own user ID and make it so mm -hmm. that if you do so, uh, it affects your data. Um, you know, S.Visitor ID never works the way we wanted it to. This does. Um, and that that is definitely going to be the way of the future, I think, that... Um, not necessarily to get around GDPR, because GDPR cares about what the data is, not not cookies versus not. Um, but certainly to get around the the cookie blocking and and all of that. Um, that you organizations are going to have to have their own way to identify a visitor, um, and analytics tools are finally getting to the point that they can really take advantage of that if you do it. Um, the problem in the past has usually been on if on page A, your user's not authenticated and on page B, they are authenticated and you start using their, their user ID to identify them, then they look like two visitors because it was a different ID on each page. Um, but now the tools have come around to the point where they can merge that profile together and make sense of it uh, so that um, we have options that aren't just relying on Adobe's ECID cookie or whatever it is. But no, like, I, and that's one of the things I I I want to dive into to more, um, as far as like the you know the the customer IDs because I do I definitely have a few use cases where we you know we don't need to jump over to it right now, but I see clients wanting to go that way, mm -hmm. um, just because with with um, with, with cookies and like because they, they want to get down to. Like they want to know visitor level information mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they are trying to um, report, you know, merge back to say leads they have in Salesforce mm -hmm. um, and and all of that. And so if you know people are clicking through emails on multiple devices and 
right. gets into this whole mess, but then also just with, with cookies expiring. Right. Because exactly. they're also a type of business where, you know, people are not going to be visiting multiple times within a seven day period. Right. Because yep. if you think about Safari and yeah, there's cookies, definitely some business models where yeah. it is longer than a seven day. But we work with a lot of cruise lines and that is definitely a people dream of cruises years in advance and revisit periodically and eventually buy their cruise. Um, so that, that window is much, much more important. Yeah. And, and higher education is, yeah. is, is the same thing with, with higher education. Um, you know, you have people that visit for a period of time, but then may not visit for another six months. Right. So, you know, being able to, you know, get around some of the things with just like, yeah, if I visit today and I come back in three weeks, you know, if I'm say using Safari, um, yeah. You know, Which just about like, half of internet traffic is if, yes. yeah, if you include mobile traffic. Yeah. Um, so this is definitely a tangent, but like, I think this is definitely something I know I want to dig into more because I see a need to, when it comes to implementation, making sure that you're setting up mm-hmm. a client or whether it's an internal client or if you're a consultant, an external client to be able to deal with this exact thing and not just yeah. be able to count on say, default cookies that are set and, you know, track visits and visitors. Yep. Well, and especially with Apple, they've made it so much more complicated than just third party versus first party that it's uh, first party created by JavaScript or first party, you know, versus first party created by a server. Like there are classifications within it that make a big difference. And uh, folks are going to have to learn real quick the difference between a JavaScript generated cookie and a server side generated cookie, even though they're both first party. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's all complicated. Yeah. But I think that gives us a good spot to, to wrap up this week sure. and to pick up with next week. So like I said, like this was meant to be kind of more of an introductory episode to kind of get us going down this to- this path of what's going on in the world of data collection implementation and architecture and and all of that and next week i want to dig into like the key aspects of a solid architecture solid implementation Mm -hmm. and i think that this is it is is understanding your your business model and what you need to understand you know with visits visitors and ids and all of those pieces there indeed yeah. So Jen, it has been great chatting with yeah, you. It's yeah. Been a while. Welcome back to, to the show. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap up there for now and we'll catch everybody next week. All right. All right. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.